This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora, I'm Ian Turner and welcome to Garden of Sound, sponsored by The Nephilist. All of the socialising and none of the headaches. Speaking of socialising, The Nephilist will be at the O'Kane's Bay Music Fest tomorrow, serving an alcohol-free bar, so there's even more reason for you to get along to that event, and I'll tell you how to get tickets to the O'Kane's Bay Music Fest later in the show. Speaking of festivals, I'll also be letting you know who's won a double pass to Selwyn Sounds. Action-packed show, all right? Okay, today's guest is a fully-fledged heavy rock offering on the Christchurch music scene. This is Pieces of Molly. You and Sam, Kurt and Doug, who from humble jazz school beginnings have produced some of the best rock music to come out of Otatahi since, well, please let me know. Their most recent single, Bones, recorded with Ollie Harmer, and their relentless touring has landed them some mighty fine gigs. But what has to happen outside of the music to truly launch these wonderfully heavy humans onto the world stage? This is the Garden of Sound interview with Pieces of Molly on Plains FM 96.9. Pieces of Molly, it is super to have you on the um, on the show. I just want to run through the uh, the band from uh, from left to right as I sit in your rehearsal space. Uh, we got Doug and Doug. What do you do? I play bass guitar. Bass guitar, fantastic. Kurt, you are the drummer. Excellent. You and you're responsible for uh, guitar and vocals. Guitar, vocals, and Sam, your yeah. story. I'm rhythm guitar player. Rhythm guitar, fantastic. All right, well, I'm going to kick off. Uh, I just want to ask about pieces of Molly. Now, there's some sort of public kind of misconception possibly about the whole Molly thing. So, how did the name? How did the name come about? We didn't really have a name to be honest. We were juggling around with names back in the beginning, and then I wrote a song called Pieces of Molly that wasn't really about anything. It was just like something to write the lyrical content was didn't really mean anything and we decided that it was a better band name than well the best band name that we'd come up with so far what was the um what was the second uh option oh the one before it there was a few <laughs> i think the main one I, you, you can say it if you want wasn't it puss and boots yeah it was puss and boots yeah there you go but now nah, in hindsight you know that's a terrible band name <laughs> <laughs> sam i'm gonna kick off with you um what's your earliest memory of music probably listening to like records with my old man like listen to hendrix and and sabbath it was like i remember seeing my dad having like a record player and having the black sabbath record now i actually realized that he might be actually might have been cool back in the day like in the 70s so it was good it was good it was just like that was my thing i just listened to music in fact one of the biggest memories i have is watching the league and one of the um voodoo child by Jimi hendrix was the the soundtrack or the you know the intro riff to the to the whole thing so i, I got into Tina that Turner? No, that was no, no. Tina Turner later. <laughs> Tina Turner and, with a bit yeah. of Jimmy as well. Yeah, Jimmy, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Hendrix was like, so Voodoo Child was it. And that, I remember listening to that for the first time and being blown away. Any members of your family musicians? Nah, not really. Um, they all probably dabbled a little bit, but nothing major. My grandma played, you know, was a classically trained pianist, but that's about it, yeah. You and what about you? What about growing up, music in, in the home, your life? Uh, yeah, heaps in the house. Um, a lot of folk music, a lot of a lot of everything. Really, my dad's from Scotland, so we, we had a lot of like folk music, that sort of stuff in the house. A band called the Corries, heaps of stuff. So my dad was a big fan of the Who, so was my mum. My dad plays harmonica, 
So, so very folky, bluesy kind of thing yeah. going on there. Under yeah, the, a lot of Elvis as well, actually. Yeah? Yeah. What got you into uh, to playing, either singing or, or guitar? Guitar was definitely first. And I can't, I, I can't actually, there wasn't a specific time I remember getting into it. I just was always into it. And I always wanted to get my hands on, on a guitar. I just didn't know how to, really, or how to approach that. Was it the music or was it the yeah, it was sort the, of the emotions tied into it, getting to jump about and be crazy? Yeah, I think it was a bit of all of that, yeah, to be honest. It was um, the energy and the... But mainly the music. Like, there was, you know, the, the sound of an electric guitar. Those little electric guitars you used to get at, like, the warehouse and stuff where you'd press the button and it... I remember always, like, loving those, you know? And driving it there, it's crazy, sound. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, Kurt, I'll jump over to you. Now, I say you're the you're the newest member of the band, but that's sort of three years, and Pieces of Molly tends to go through through drummers. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> yeah, we've been through a few. Why would you say that is? We've, we've never kicked anybody out. That's um, They just left of their own accord. Kurt, yeah. Yeah. Like, Time's he's, up. He's, not yeah. to say that previous drummers never shared the same sort of influences as us but Kurt's got like such a musical history like massive and it's he brings a real good element to the band tell me about growing up and potentially tell me about how you got into drums I think it was like intermediate age and all my mates were playing and I'm probably probably the only one now that's still playing out of all my mates but yeah and then just got a drum kit and just haven't stopped since so so your parents uh, supported that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Was there a, was there a room set up for you at home, or you just, oh, just in my bedroom? Yeah, yeah, going yeah. crazy. Who were your influences, uh, drum wise, sort of growing up? Definitely like Bill Ward and John Bonham. Mm-hmm. So Sabbath and Zeppelin. Yeah. Let's talk about um, heading off to to school at least, or, or high school. Were there any sort of high school bands that you were part of? Any that you can remember or were memorable? Yeah, I was I was in a band, like a covers band with my mates when we were like 14 we played the winchester motorbike rally it <laughs> was like a, our first proper gig how old were you like 14 14 yeah yeah what what was that experience like with those oh, adults was, yeah it was pretty interesting yeah no we were called atlas and then atlas came out so. atlas yeah doug um tell me about bass i probably started playing getting interested in bass when i was probably 12 or 13 my sister Christina, she was studying at jazz school at the time, and I would sneak into her room and play bass because I wanted to get better than her, and now I am better than her at bass, <laughs> <laughs> which is good. But she used to play cello as well in high school. Uh-huh. Like my other sister, Melissa, she was quite musical as well. And we've always had music in the family, and it's always been around, so I've always been quite interested in it. Were um, your mum and dad musical? Uh, my mum likes to play ukulele. She's in a ukulele orchestra with a bunch of uh, other mature adults <laughs> and my dad was in the choir in wellington when he was younger so i think we probably got it mostly from him what sort of stuff were you listening to when you grew up my mum was real into world music so there's a lot of like african music going on but then my dad was into like black sabbath and, like uriah heap and they're always playing like uh jeff wayne's war of the worlds if you're familiar with that oh that's a great that. album right <laughs> so always like li- hear- having to listen to that but as an adult, I would like willingly put it on, listen to it. It's quite cool. It is time for some music because this is a, a music-based show. Um, and I do ask about influences. Now, uh, who wants to sort of tell me, uh, give me give me a list of sort of bands that you feel Pieces of Molly might sort of fall under? A list? Oh, oh give me a couple. Zeppelin, Sabbath, Motorhead, 
Hendrix for me is definitely there. Um, I quite like the the like New Zealand bands like the Czechs and stuff. I think they were really influential for me over the like, Datsuns. Yeah, the Datsuns, massive. You know, I'm going to add into that from listening to a couple of your tracks. Uh, a little bit of Jane's Addiction. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, man. I saw I saw Jane's Addiction back in 2003, and that changed my life. I seen Perry Farrell like that it was just yeah. nuts. You know, and also. A slightly faster uh, Rage Against the Machine. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. It's a bit yeah, groovy. Nice. Indeed. Yeah, see, that's, that's definitely bands that uh, influenced us either as a group or individually, but... So those are pretty well-known bands. Any any groups out there with some tracks uh, you care to sort of share uh, to the listening public? Um, maybe they haven't heard of before, anything we could play right now? Um, there's a song called When God Comes Back by a band called All Them Witches from Ooh. Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, Nashville. Band. How did you guys sort of come across them? I discovered them randomly one day in my room and it was just flicking through music. It was the title track, or the, the, the first track of the album and then the second track was When God Comes Back and both of those tracks were like blew my mind. And I think I almost immediately told these guys mm, to, yeah. to listen, to, like, like check this band out and then since then... They've been a mess. Yeah, they've just been influence. releasing great records after mm. great records. All them witches, when, when God, God comes, comes back. back. Come here, primitive, a darker slave, riding on the wings of that Jesus snake. Child and a fragile land. 
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Pieces of Molly on Plains FM 96.9. I want to talk about first gigs and I'll, I'll head over to, uh, to Kurt because he's laughing right at the moment, which is good. <laughs> I'll catch you on the hop. Um, tell me about the first big gig you went to that really uh, had a lasting impression on you. Oh, definitely the Mars Volta at the Big Day Out. Big Day Out, 2010. 2010. Yeah, I think they did that one as well. Yeah, I was at the 2004 one. With Muse, I think. That yeah, year. the 2010. Yeah. I didn't get there, so I'm ridiculously jealous. Tell me about 2010. Oh, that the whole day was amazing. Like, Big day? Yeah. Big day out, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also Kasabian played. And yeah. the first time I saw the Vales, mm-hmm. great New Zealand band. Yeah. They were amazing. But yeah, Mars Volta is definitely the best thing that I've ever seen. Why? They're just the musicianship just the sound everything yeah the stage performance you know they always give it you know 100 percent. doug first big gig first gig that left a lasting impression first big gig i ever went to was iron maiden so this was like in our first year at jazz school so ewan came as well and ewan's like you can get there early i'm like what are you talking about <laughs> and then they were there at like 9 or 10 a.m lined up and then i remember just like running to the front and getting like bowled over by other people and then just the energy of like Seeing your favourite band, like... Where were they playing? metres away. It's called well, Horncastle. Horncastle. Okay. Oh, at the time, you're Horncastle. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Standout track from the gig? Uh, probably I was a big fan of a song called The Trooper. Mm-hmm. I lost it when they played that. You were at jazz school, and obviously you were uh, interested in a wide variety of music. Did that sort of like push you in a sort of a heavier direction, seeing that gig? We all studied... Um, well, Kurt did jazz, but we also all studied like the contemporary course. So I was already, already into quite heavy music. Like, that's what I prefer to listen to and play. Scale of 1 to 10, how much would you reckon uh, folks head along to ARA if they're, uh, they're interested in music or they've I mean, got aptitude? Yeah, I think if you're definitely into wanting to play music and, like, progress as a musician, it's definitely a great place to go. There's great tutors, and you meet a lot of like-minded people. Like, I don't know if this band would be together if we didn't go. Yeah, that's where we met. Go there, that's where me and you and met. Yeah. Sam, mm. gigs, big gigs. Lasting impressions and such. One of my favourite, most favoured gigs out of... I've been to quite a number, but it was it was just real good because we had... I saw ACDC the night before, but then I saw Them Crooked Vultures the night after in Wellington, and it was just like... Them Crooked Vultures just were just the best, man. Seeing John Paul Jones on stage was just insane. Okay. Uh, tell me the um, the lineup in Them Crooked Vultures. So Dave Grohl on drums, yes. uh, Josh Homme on guitar and vocals. Um, I can't remember the, the dude, the... Dude that plays, he's Alan like Alan Johannes. Yeah, Alan, yeah, Johannes. Yeah, he's he was playing on stage as well. But John Paul Jones, like I was literally like four meters away from the dude, and it was he was just so. They were. Could awesome. you feel the history coming? Yeah, off yeah, him. yeah, absolutely. And that actually that that particular gig, Josh mentioned how he because they had just done an. I think we were finishing. That was the last gig of the Australasian tour, and Josh was like. You, you know, you cr- your crowd is the best. It was the, at the TSB Arena, and he was like, this crowd has been the best on tour, but I could see John Paul Jones just look at him being like, what? Like, because he's obviously seen some pretty massive shows, you know, or played some But you've got to say shows. that, though, don't you? Yeah, I guess so. Because he's was, just going to get booed off the stage yeah, if you yeah, say yeah, you guys yeah. are crap. But it was awesome. That was just like, it was the... the oh, it was great. And you say they, they topped ACDC? Oh, yeah, yeah. ACDC yeah. were great, good. They were great that night, but 
I, I'm a massive Queens and Stone Age fan, big big Foo Fighters fan as well. So like seeing them two on stage was just like together. Yep, yep. was pretty. And obviously Led Zeppelin, but you know the three of them were just insane. They were real good. Fantastic. Yeah. Ewan, what's your uh, what's your top top one really? Oh, um, first one was was Velvet Revolver when I was fourteen. Auckland, Christchurch, Christchurch. Yeah. So uh. at the time, I think it was like there wasn't a huge amount of bands coming here. It was very few few and far between. And Slash is one of my biggest influences. I went to a gig in Los Angeles. I lived there for a little bit. And I went to a gig called the Sunset Strip Music Festival. And it was just a bunch of bands. Saw Black Label Society there who were amazing. Um, Marilyn Manson played. But the uh, it was a tribute to The Doors. And Ray Manzarek and Robbie Krieger played. Um, with like other me- just like Zach Wilde from Black Label Marilyn Manson just saying they sort of created this jam session and that was right before Ray Manzarek died as well like a f- couple months was he an Asprey there? Um, I don't know or well, was like Scott um, from Stone Temple Pilots Scott Whalen there yeah. did he play? nah like it was literally just Ray Manzarek Robbie Krieger and then they had like guest Drummers and guitarists and and whatnot okay. come on, yeah. yeah. I went to ACDC as well the night before, yeah. and that was that's a that top was a one good gig. And the chicks played she there had, as well. She, and she had, had, and the yeah, chicks, yeah, the chicks were like, yeah, you was, I was like, what? They were just amazing. Yeah, it was a good show, good gig. So you've seen a fair bit of music, and you, you played a fair few of your own gigs at least, and it's not all sweetness and light and sun stuff goes down and. What would you yeah. say uh, the most important thing for a for a gigging band out there is? I ask the floor. Make sure you got gear, man. Like that was, you know, if you if if you're touring, it's not easy to take gear with yeah. you naturally. And so just just make sure you've got gear that you can can play through. Yeah, because that's pretty be, bummed out. I was bummed out that one. Oh yeah, that yeah. gig. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> no, no, just it was just it was just sound check, and I was just sitting backstage while the band was playing, like doing sound check, and I'm like, where's, "Where's my gear?" Yeah, didn't have any, but I, we got some gear, which is good. So it was where was your gear? We were touring well, Australia. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And what? It didn't arrive at the airport, or you know, no, left it in the van, or no? It was just it was hopped it, it off a it cash converter. Funny enough, it was actually there. I just because I, it's not my gear. Like I suppose that's the other thing is that you don't want to really mess with someone else's amps and stuff because you don't know if you can use them. So someone else yeah. was meant to supply the gear, but they were there was like a breakdown in communication. We were obviously the touring band, like yeah. from New Zealand, so we don't have amps with us. Of course, like, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. But I just remember I was just sitting backstage, and I'm like, "This is what we sound like when we play." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, this kind of stink, actually." That's good. <laughs> I want to be up there, Doug. I want to ask um, any advice you give to a younger version of yourself. Probably, if I'd taken music a bit more seriously earlier, like practicing more. Getting more into like theory and stuff. Why? I just find theory like so useful and so interesting to know how songs work. But just practicing, cause it's like good routine to get into. And I wish, yeah, I just wish I did more practice and like learnt more instruments. Mm-hmm. So I can't really play. I just play the bass, really. All right. Uh, talking about music, it is time for some uh, more music. And I do ask, what's a favourite track for pieces? of molly have we got a favorite out there that was pretty hard that was real hard to come come up with but we did get one bubba o'reilly by the who (laughs) (laughs) yeah bubba o'reilly by the who Thank you. 
The Garden of Sound interview with Pieces of Molly on Plains FM 96.9. Thanks for being here today. I want to talk about tomorrow's event in O'Kane's Bay. It's the inaugural outing of the O'Kane's Bay Music Fest. You're going to be guaranteed some great music with acts like Soak Dotes, Dusty Hustle, Emily Fairlight and Reb Fountain. Tickets are a super cheap $70. That's for the full day and only $35 if you're aged 13 to 17. 12 and unders go free. So get yours right now by visiting dashtickets.co.nz and searching O'Kane's or heading to gardenofsound.nz and clicking the banner on the front page. Proceeds will be supporting the amazing O'Kane's Bay Māori and Colonial Museum and will encourage more music and awesome collaboration across this beautiful part of the world. So get your tickets for this great little event happening tomorrow at dashtickets.co.nz and search for O'Kane's, that's O-K-A-I-N-S, or just head to gardenofsound.nz and click on the O'Kane's Bay Music Fest banner. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Pieces of Molly on Plains FM 96.9. I want to talk about songwriting and production. Sam, you alluded to the fact that you wish you'd recorded more stuff and got more more ideas down. Is there a sort of a, a group forum or is it one of you brings a thing along and here you go, play your bits, what do you reckon? What's the, um, what's the way that a Pieces of Molly track gets, gets created? Well... We rehearse quite regularly. We we jam on average once a week, sometimes twice a week. A lot of the a lot of the stuff Ewan will come up with the the 
the riff and almost almost have like a bit of a blueprint for a track you know and then eventually it just kind of jam we jam it you know, we do a bit of structuring together but that's probably the way i would imagine most well that's that's the way it has been kind of in the past though lyrics yeah. wise Whereas, whereas, who does the lyrics? <laughs> I write the lyrics. I'm totally open to someone else writing some lyrics, though. <laughs> it's a painful process sometimes. But um, if I've written a song, then maybe the lyrics will become a tad personal. So yeah, I write lyrics. <laughs> yeah, it, you've, you sometimes when we've been in the studio, you've written the lyrics the night before. <laughs> yeah, or in the studio. <laughs> or in the studio. So but you got an idea of what you are doing. the lyrics important. Yes and no. Okay. So there's always filler. Like, I don't care what anyone says. There's always filler. Um, there's like main themes. Some songs is, is, is 100% like, and like every word is important. Um, but I mean, I, f- I feel like at some point during this, you know, the third verse or something, there's going to be a line that just rhymes and mm-hmm. it makes sense. Might not mean much. Yeah. But as long as you have, as long as you've said what you needed to say. Then I can, you know, I can sing about other stuff. <laughs> and it is difficult just to vowel your way through three Absolutely. minutes of of rock. Really, yeah. you need a few consonants in there just yeah. to, to make it to make it make sense. Um, I want to talk about um, the production. Uh, our first EP was in jazz school. It was a part of my third year project, which we all did. Um, but I chose to do a, a, an EP for my project, third year project, and made it the Pieces of Molly EP, and that was that was the first thing that was sort of. Written. Was this volume one? Yeah, just it's just Pieces of Molly, mixed and mastered at jazz school, pretty was, quick. So, was there any kind of mains involvement in that, or was no? That it was one hundred percent jazz school, yeah. And who did the um, mixing, mastering, and, and Dave, the production? David Cooper. He's he's still at jazz school. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a he's a sound he's, tutor yeah. at jazz school, and he and he, he worked a lot for White Bait. Yeah, um, doing that what now? Yeah, he did the did what now foley noises, and <laughs> <laughs> he did it all that. He did all the yeah. sound and what now. Did, did he do bum, had something to do with bumble? He did bumble. I'm pretty sure something to do. He had something to do with bumble. <laughs> bumble. Oh, right. <laughs> or yeah, was that yeah, someone yeah. else? Yeah, yeah. No, no I think like it's. Yeah, I think that was him. But yeah, he was. I mean, he was doing the 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 mixing and mastering for everybody because that was our first EP. Didn't really we have the luxury of choice of choosing well, anyone yep. else. We really. just we just didn't a means know. to an end. Yeah, yeah we, we just ha- didn't know that you could like choose a mixing engineer, a master engineer in general. You know what? Uh, as I haven't been able to uh, find or discover those songs, uh, what's your opinion of those tracks now? All right, well, pieces of Molly is a banger. Like mm. that was that was That's on really our. Good. Yeah, definitely. This on our set list for years. Yeah, it's definitely some classic. It's more like classic rock, I'd say, and it was quite good because you can kind of hear. The development of like you and songwriting and singing, and just everyone's like musicality building over the years. So, is there a consideration to re-record some of those earlier tracks? Oh, we've we've we actually have. Um, it has come up a couple times, but then again, you know, maybe just let it be. It was that was then like our best stuff is always the most current stuff we're working on. Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, so let's take us through to uh, today, or at least one of your most recent releases, uh, Bones, which has got very cool uh, music video. I might talk a little bit more about that. Uh, where was Bones recorded, and was that the only track that you did at the time? It was. It was recorded at the lab in um, Auckland. Uh huh. And who? By um, Ollie Harmer. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
And the video was um, filmed at Antonio Hall. Where is that? It's, it's the one that got uh, set on fire. Ah, in yeah, Rickerton. Yeah. Rickerton Road, yeah. Very recently. Who was the yeah. um, who was the janitor in the video? Ah, uh, <laughs> Daniel Hitchens. Mm-hmm. And how do you um, how do you know Daniel? He's uh, he's a mate of all of us, really. He went to jazz school. He's kind um, of fifth member, really. He comes yeah. on tour with us, and all yeah, that. he's he's, ca- he's come on tour. He's come with us like to Australia to tour for, off his own back, his own money, and everything, just just to be a part of it. So yeah. Um, I do have to ask the question, and whoever directed the video, why was he sweeping the carpet? Yeah, yeah. good call. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, that carpet was—you could probably see—it was quite. It was quite. It was pretty messy. So he needed to get through the first few layers. And it seemed to be a whole room of duvets as well, or something along those lines. Oh, yeah. That yeah? was all. That was all linen, linen yeah. shipped in from Littleton. Who knows when? Like years and years ago, and they stored it there, and it stayed there for. A number of years. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a number of athletic turns uh, for you, Ewan, yeah. uh, jumping about the kitchen. Yeah. And so on. Yeah. Um, Marshall seems to play a big um, uh, part in your, uh, your, your music and your yeah. videos and at least your promotional material. Is, is, is there a deal there or are you just the Uber fan? Um, the ball's in their court, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> if they want to, you know, come and approach me, that's, that's, that's up to them. But, yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> so um, what sort of makes a guitar uh, oh, do you I, play? I, I play Gibson. Yep. Um, Gibson 335, but I run it through a Fender combo. Yeah. 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 Which is good. Yeah. What about yourself, you? I've got a, a 94 Les Paul standard, Gibson Les Paul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this, uh, is this sort of following on from the whole Slash kind of thing? Yeah, all? like the biggest influences, Slash and, and Zach Wilde and, and, yep. and, you know, a lot of Les Paul users. Um I have, a, I have a flying V as well, a Gibson flying V. Doug, pretty cool. what do you um, what do you play? I play a Fender Precision. Mm-hmm. It's fairly um, standard for for bass yeah, pretty, bass, is it's it? Pretty good, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good all round bass. I really want a Rickenbacker, so when Marshall was hitting up you and they can hit me up, and I, <laughs> I'll be interested as well. <laughs> That's pretty good. Kurt, what's your uh, what is your drum of choice? I don't have a drum of choice. It's just a mixture of just whatever, whatever you can yeah. get. If you did have a choice, though, I'll what? definitely Sildjian yep. and Ludwig. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fantastic. Big, big sound. All right. Well, I'm uh, super excited uh, for those people who haven't heard it. Um, can we hear Bones? Would that be cool? Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Let's do it.
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Pieces of Molly on Plains FM 96.9. We have just heard Bones, um, but the second EP, um, you just said that that was recorded by Ben Edwards yep. at, the, at the sitting room. When I spoke to him a long time ago, he said that he just can't get the guitars right when it comes to rock. And hearing Vultures, at least... As an example, I would say that's wrong. What was your experience like working with Ben? Amazing. Ben's awesome. He, um, he, we actually approached him to do an EP or a single at least. And um, we went and checked out the sitting room. And then a couple months later, he got back in touch with us and said, look, I really want to do something rocky. Because obviously he's, he's well known for his, for his folk stuff. Yeah. But um yeah, and, and man, I thought he, yeah, I thought he smashed it. He got like great sounds on the EP. So, just gonna say, Ben, you can do it. Why not you do a bit more? Absolutely, we have actually. Um, yeah, who knows what the, the you know future recording potentially. Yeah. Um, now you just played an awesome gig uh, last Saturday. Um, so what's what is coming up uh, for you guys in the um, in the future? We've got a couple. Uh, international bands that we are playing with uh but they aren't announced yet so we can't really say who they are yeah, sure but they're awesome bands. okay yeah what about there's a, there's a german one yeah coming there's a german across? band yep yeah. we can't talk about that though nah well i i mean i should have asked i i, I should have asked the promoter okay if i can but yeah. indeed sort of like yeah. a dick kind of a dead dead kind of thing yeah. going on there okay i'll let you sort of google there, that there, one there's some real exciting stuff coming up though like not not you know like just for international bands coming to new zealand in general like mm-hmm. more people get along to them the more they'll come yeah, yeah. so we've had bones uh, last year as a song what about um what about an album is there any reason to do an album yeah okay definitely. yeah yeah We've definitely yep. got the material. We've yeah. got like probably twenty songs or so. So, yeah. what is the what's the point? What's the impetus? What's that sort of line you have to cross? Money. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. Money. Like, time. Yeah. Time. Yep. Yeah. And to do I it. I mean, well. time's not like time's hard as well. But if if we were to do it in Christchurch, 
it's not it's not that uh, it's that's way easier easier time wise, but um, it's just not cheap. Like it's 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 expense it's expensive to record an EP. Yeah, we're definitely we're definitely working towards a, a, an album. Yeah, that's um, that's I think our next recording yeah. challenge. Yeah, we have an EP <laughs> yeah. um, or some 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 tunes coming out um, in the near very near future, and then after that it'll be um, into recording a, an album. Yeah. Okay, um, and then in the future. Uh, Touring-wise, I mean, are there any festivals or any particular countries that you think sort of pieces of Molly will go down, go down well on? Japan, yeah. Japan are huge. They're huge music fans, all kind of music. Yeah, and Europe as well, definitely. The yeah. two that I really want to go to. Yeah, America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What um, what festivals do you think would sort of be your cup of tea? Desert Fest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those ones. Yeah. Oh, what's that other one called? The one in LA. I mean, Vegas. Oh, the one that Mark Lanigan was that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, there's a bunch. There was like a three, four day there's festival something or something like Ozfest. that. Ozfest? Yeah. Is Ozfest still going? That'd be sick. We'll play it if it is. Yeah. Canada would be awesome as well. Yeah, Canada would be cool. We actually got asked, uh, invited to play a festival in Canada, but we couldn't afford it yeah. <laughs> to get there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We just toured Australia twice. Yeah. It was like a showcase. Tell yeah. me about that. Tell me about Oz. Tell me about your reception, at least. Were they into you? It was great. We There was probably the biggest um learning curve we've had we, we we've done three tours of australia now one of them was was pretty small two gigs but we'll still call it a tour um yeah but it was it was like mojo burning eh, yeah that one that was awesome but the first the first tour was 2018 and that was um we got on a festival called dead of winter which was amazing a uh, few thousand people in brisbane in the middle of winter, even though it was like 27 degrees or something. <laughs> was that the biggest uh, crowd you guys have played to? Yeah. We've played, we actually, we've played, a f- we do um, River Range down south. Um, we've done that a few times. That's that's big turnout. But yeah, that, that Australian tour was, we started at Dead of Winter. Then we played in Sydney the next night with a band called Radio Moscow. Then we did a couple of our own gigs in Melbourne. And that was a massive learning curve. That was the f- it was 2018. Then we just toured again um, in 2019. We did a little a little stint over there. We played a, a festival called Mojo Burning, which was amazing. That was a headline by a band called Thousand Mods, who were awesome. And then we played Byron Bay the next night. And then we we went back, uh, I think six weeks after that tour, and did our own tour of Australia. Fantastic. Uh, that, and that was hitting all the places we didn't get to on on that first we one there. Okay, so I'm going to go back to the uh, to the music. We've gone off to our dream festivals. Um, if money wasn't an object, is there any sort of uh, producer or engineer um, that you guys would would love to to work with? Anyone that's done any of your favourite bands? I don't really. I, don't, I haven't really ever looked into that. Mm. But it, it dreams. Yeah, like I mean, everybody that we have worked with, I dig. Yeah, I've never really. <laughs> I've really thought about it either. Eh? Yeah. Like if. The people we've worked like, with in New Zealand are amazing. Butch, Butch Vig would be pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Like if you had the availability to like hire him, man, it, that would be insane. Because like mm-hmm. he he didn't even mind, and I reckon he would be a great producer to work with. Kurt, you're hanging out. Steve Albini. Yes. I mean, it's not really our um, music. I knew you were going to say Steve Albini. <laughs> he gets the best drum sound, like ever. Yeah. And do you think also because of his ethos or the ways the yeah, way that he works yeah. with bands? 
it seems a no frills. It's more of like an engineer, less of a producer. Yeah, that's huge. Guys, absolutely amazing. I wish you uh, all the best for the coming years and for the for the album and so on. Cheers, Ian. Um, uh, we've got time for another track. So, um, so what are we gonna what are we gonna listen to? Uh, we're gonna play one of another one of ours mm-hmm. called. Uh, do you want to say it, Kurt? Warlords. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Thanks so much for coming yeah, on thanks, the show. Man. Cheers. Appreciate it. Thanks. Cheers. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me.
Okay, competition time, or more appropriately, the drawing of the Selwyn Sounds competition. It's all happening March 7th in Lincoln, and there are a few tickets left, so if you don't hear your name in the next 10 seconds, head to selwynsounds.co.nz and buy. It's going to be a massive day with Midjure, Icehouse, 10CC, Z, and Jed Parsons. And the winner is Leanne Whitaker. Congratulations, Leanne. We'll be in touch about getting those Selwyn Sounds tickets to you. And we're sure you're going to have an awesome time at the event. And time for my track of the week. We talked about some absolutely amazing music today. So it was a tough decision on what I got to choose. It really was a toss-up between the Mars Volta uh, and a track off their first album, 2003's Deloused in the Comatorium. Um, but <laughs> it was Scott Wayland and Slash uh, who won out on Velvet Revolver. This is a fantastic track uh, off their debut album, 2004. This is a heartfelt track, Fall to Pieces. <laughs>
Thanks so much for being here today. My guests were Ewan, Sam, Kurt and Doug from Pieces of Molly. You can head along to gardenofsound.nz and click on their picture on the front page to find out more about what they're up to and hear a bespoke Spotify playlist of all the songs and artists we talked about today. Just a quick reminder about the O'Kane's Bay Music Fest. Tickets for this awesome event happening tomorrow are available via dashtickets.co.nz or by clicking the banner at gardenofsound.nz. And if you're at the festival, please do check out Garden of Sound sponsor, The Nephilist. They'll have an alcohol-free stall at the festival, serving a great selection of alcohol-free beers, wine and cocktails. All right, that's Garden of Sound for another week. Love to have you back next Friday. In the meantime, keep well, keep listening and keep playing. Hi there, darling.